Hey, I'm Daniel Colburn. And I'm Caleb Porzio. Welcome to 20% Time, where two coworkers discuss one programming topic every Friday for less than 20 minutes. clap yep and a three and a two and a one and a beautiful how'd that feel beautiful felt great right, cool felt great i feel great mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. so caleb i uh just the reason the reason i need that 10 to 15 minutes i uh just wanted to hop in the shower real quick before we recorded so i'd be nice. fresh for the listeners feeling fresh feeling fresh fresh and steamy you know, people think that we just we just show up you know, and record the show. They don't see the hard emotional labor. Yeah, not true. That goes in behind. The I had scenes. to get my my headphones from the other room. Yeah, a lot goes into this for real. Yep. This and I uh, I have world's worst uh, internet connection, so I have to like go and tell Hannah to uh, to not upload anything. I have, I'm running 15 <laughs> megabits per second. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty buffalo. Bad. Buffalo. You, you got to use the whole buffalo. Well, that's internet. just frugality. That's not buffalo. But oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sweet. So this week in PRs, there's a ton. Um, but you so you many. have a this week in PR, is that right? Um. Oh, th- this is just my buddy Jake. My buddy Jake actually had two PRs. Who is Jake? Oh. I see this this cat guy crawling around. Jake Batham, Bath ba- Bathman. Bathman. Yeah, he's Jake he's Bathman. on Twitter and GitHub. He's pretty active and he's he's an excellent man. Um, he. I know him from video games, actually. Really? Um, yeah, he and he is the leader of a group of people who play video games, of which I have been a member since 2012. Okay. Um, so I've been playing Call of Duty and Rocket League and Overwatch and stuff with Jake Bathman and his little band of merry men. Nice. Um, for for years, and at, at some point, Jake Bathman decided he was going to learn how to become a programmer. And then did, and now is a programmer. Wow. Um, and he, yeah, he's very, very smart, nice guy. Uh, but anyway, he's been PRing stuff into Laravel. One of them was hilarious um, because he just removed a bunch of uh, group keywords from PHP unit tests. Like in the, like inside of Laravel, there were tests, and people, I guess, in their development had like added them to groups so they could run them easily because right. they don't know about filter. Um, and when they did that, they just didn't remove them. So Jake went through and removed a bunch of them. I just thought it was funny because one of them was group shit. And uh, <laughs> it was just funny to me that someone left that in and it got merged and blah, blah, blah. He, we couldn't figure out exactly who added it, uh, but it may actually have been Taylor. So who knows? Wow. Nice. So that was cute. Cleaning uh, and up then, the code base. Yeah. And then Jake also had the distinguished honor of having the most disliked PR in the Laravel framework this week. Yeah, so uh, the, so the, this PR like like you search in Laravel framework pull requests, you can like order by most dislikes. Is that right, or most thumbs down, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And, and his uh, is the first one. Is that right? His is the most disliked PR <laughs> in the Laravel framework. And all it was, he he added Blade directives for try catch. Oh yeah, I saw that. And everyone was like, "No, you should be catching errors in your in your templates." Right, right. And I. I, I gave him a little lobbying comment. I said, hey, let's give this a fair shake. 
no one wants to be catching errors in their, <laughs> in their templates, but sometimes you're in a situation, and if you are, this is very useful. Nice. But uh, it was to no avail. It was it was shot down. Mm. Well, there you anyway, go. Anyway, yeah. there Sweet. you go. Yeah. What do you got for Speaking PRs? of Jake Bath, Bathman, um, he, uh, so I've been working on this PR for Dusk that allows you to use, um, like, so when you when you write acceptance tests you depend on you know uh, css classes in your tests like click button and you have like dot you know dot something dot whatever right and so it's pretty brittle because you're depending on you know bootstrap classes or manually input classes and some things you want to click don't have a class and so you have this big string of like nested selectors and everything right and so like yep so the the next progression like jquery days you have um like js hyphen and then whatever you want as a class. So it's a way to designate like, hey guys, this class's sole existence, sole purpose in existence is is to be like listened for with JavaScript. Like don't touch it. Um, right. So I was like, why don't I do the same thing with Dusk? So I did Dusk hyphen in a class. But um, then I took it a step further and I started doing data Dusk, like a data attribute that's sole purpose was just so I could just use it as a selector. Um, yep. So I was doing like data Dusk. Um, so I submitted a PR so that... Uh, so that dusk would internally support this like so in dusk there's page objects and page objects you can store like a key value pair of mm-hmm. um of like like na- like uh almost like variables for css selectors so in, sure. if you had like the home page or like a navbar page or something you might have uh and it, you you put an at in the front of them so like the your your variable would be like at it's not an actual variable it's just a key in an array um so you would say like at uh, I don't know, profile profile button and then arrow and then the value of that might be like dot btn dot profile thing, right? Um, so my idea is to basically like the at thing, like if it can't find a defined at thing, it'll then look, it'll then use that data dusk as a selector, right? So like, so you could just add these data dusk hooks all over your DOM and then access them really nicely in Dusk with this just at. So, so, so to clear it up, the, the usage is when you're writing Dusk and you say browser arrow click, you could now pass in instead of like a CSS selector dot something, you could just say at and then let's say profile. And then it'll basically, that's a shortcut for saying data Dusk profile for the hook. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's in progress. He seems to like it. Uh, you know, you guys, everybody's been, you know, um, putting in their input and it's it's turning into something so i don't know but jake bathman he jumped in on that and he's been super active in that conversation the bathman himself bathman yeah um oh i have one more pr i want to talk about it is not on laravel it's actually on view um oh right but this is a pr that i just want to throw whatever power this podcast has i want to throw behind this pr (laughs) um so there's an issue that someone opened on ziggy where so you know how in uh, view props you can specify a type? Yeah. Uh, so if you specify the type string in a view prop and then pass Ziggy into it, it will fail because Ziggy is not a string. Um, Ziggy is an object that gets too stringed. So here's oh, the issue. Okay. I dug through the very confusing architecture of view to find the magic that does this. Uh, and the the issue is they're using type of and type of is a very very strict type checking in javascript okay so basically they say if type of right. equals that string to lowercase then 
uh, we're good. Otherwise, if it's an object and it's a plain object, we're good. Otherwise, we're not good. Right. Um, and so I submitted an issue saying, why don't we change this to instance of instead of type of? Because if it's instance of instead of type of, it'll pass then, a string. Yeah, then inherited, like then child classes will pass as well. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so right. because Ziggy actually extends string, uh, anything that huh. extends string would pass for string. Interesting. Um, and so anyway, I added an issue, and then someone told me that I could do it another way, which wasn't super useful because what if I don't own that property? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's someone else's code? Um, but anyway, then some nice guy named Javoski, uh, opened a PR to fix it. Sweet. Um, and he actually added, he actually did it smarter than I was going to do instead of just changing type of from, or from type of to instance of, Yep. he actually added another check that says if it's not valid, if it's not valid and it is an object, check if it's instance of. Okay. If it's not valid, so, it's an object. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. So uh, that's that's number uh, sixty four fifty. Yeah. Show notes PR that, uh, that PR on Vue.js. Give the and thumbs up. Please, in please go love it. Go thumbs up it because it will it will save some of my Ziggy users. Sweet. Nice. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. Ziggy's been blown up. It's crazy. Still nuts. Well. Like I keep seeing these notifications of all this stuff happening, and I used it for the first time. I. I haven't used it, you know, great idea, love it, uh, everything, mm-hmm. but I haven't had the time to like dig into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on a project and I was opening a new view thing and I had to post request to an Ajax thing and I was like, boom, this is it. Like I needed it, you know, mm-hmm. it was great. Like I wasn't doing it for goodwill. I was like, I really need yeah. this thing and it's so awesome. And it is totally oh, yeah. as awesome as you think it is. You just compose or install, add one line of code in your layout and then bam, your route naming helper function thing in view. It's pretty sick. Yeah, I dig it. Thanks. Glad you like Thanks it. for making my life mm-hmm. so pleasant. Um, sweet. So pleasant. So pleasant. So you have a topic. Uh, yeah, I feel like we should just touch on the the API resource PR thing that we've been tracking. Go on. Go on. So go it on. actually got pulled in like two or three days ago. Uh, Taylor developed the thing. It's basically the the answer to to Fractal in it's Laravel's answer to Fractal, um, mm-hmm. and it's just a simple way to get to to make to like define a standard for how your models get spit out to json you know mm-hmm. um so it's like a cast to json type thing but he actually did it in resource helper or resource fun uh, sorry resource objects um so i think like you would create a resource object like if you had a post model you would create like a post resource or something mm-hmm. and then post resource collection and those oh, classes that sounds like a slippery slope to everything i want what do you mean oh like R- oh your resource oh man I just, I just said the word the word above all words um so yeah, so it it totally could be. I don't know. You should check it out. Um, I it, there's no documentation, and he just kind of like there was this whole conversation, and then he just was like, bam, PR, and it was the whole feature. So I tried to just read the code to figure out what it does, and I had a hard time. But T.J. Miller actually posted something on Twitter where he he like wrote an implementation like how you would use it in like a mm-hmm. gist. I'll put in the show notes. Um, and cool. it's pretty cool to read. It's really simple, and it just shows you like how you would do this thing. Um, yeah. Sick. Yeah. So that's in, that's cool. Um, one really quick one that I wanted to mention because I thought it was funny, uh, that somebody pull requested, not funny, cool. Uh, somebody pull requested a view either method. So, you know, when you return a view from a controller, 
mm-hmm. right? So instead of like return view and then you pass in the thing, you could say return view either and then you pass in um, like two two views. And if the first one doesn't exist, it loads the second one. Um, and the, the use huh. case for this would be like if you had, let's say you needed specific views for a couple specific posts, you might have like mm. post dot and then the slug name. And then you might yeah, have like yeah, post yeah. dot default, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so this does that. And uh, so first he said, like two uh, two days ago, he said, no plans on adding this. I would just make a helper function, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he said, uh, like days later, he popped back up and was like, refactored it into view first. It takes an array of views, opened it, and then merged it. So I thought that nice. was cool. Like this thing just lied dead for a little bit and he, he, shut, he shut the it show festered. down. Yeah, and then it must have just been eating at him, and then he just said, "Enough's enough." So word, word. Okay. Speaking that's... of fractal, quick side note. Um, speaking of fractal, I had to do something with XML. Um, oh yeah, the other day, been... and I, I, I just realized how not crazy fractal is. Like I've always thought of fractal as a nice little black box that I could throw things into and it would throw things out. Okay, you know, and like I've written serializers and transformers and all the stuff for fractal. Uh huh. Um, but fractal just does json and i needed xml but i basically wanted like very fractal like behavior yep but just exporting xml instead so i ended up like writing fractal for xml um for this project and it was like not that hard and uh yeah i totally could go without fractal and i'm glad that taylor is adding stuff nice yeah yeah i've avoided fractal thus far i don't think i've had to use it i've like made my own little answers it's probably um yeah, I don't know. I probably should have had to use it at some point. I think it's a nice pattern. I think the yeah, pattern sure. of serializer transformer right. is like a nice pattern. I, I would just create transformer objects, doing. like post transformer that, you know, a two JSON method or something. Right, right. So w- the nice thing about uh, having different transformer objects for different models and then a serializer that does the whole thing is like you can just use the transformers to like structure your data. And then the serializer like turns that into whatever you're returning. Hmm. Anyway, gotcha. Right. So like into into XML or JSON or an array or that type of thing. You're saying like as far as yeah, exactly. Yeah, so right. this the serializer or, or like if it was like JSON, then like right, the serializer right, would take right. care of like wrapping the data thing and returning the right message and all of that. Gotcha. Cool. But yeah. Anyway, it Sweet. was pretty cool. Nice. So you get a topic. Yeah. Yeah. The topic. Um, so the topic is feature toggles. Um, the idea is, so um, the project I'm working on right now, they're switching from Git flow, like the the workflow of Git feature branches, um, into this thing called trunk flow. And this is the first I've heard of this. Part of trunk flow. So instead of these feature branches, when you're developing, like you're, everybody's supposed to develop on the master branch, like everybody. And then they're supposed to pull request and merge like every single day. And this sounds crazy because you're like, how is that possible? Because if you're continuously deploying, like, how do you get everything done in a day that you need to be live and working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the answer is feature toggles. It's this thing where where you, you develop a feature and then when you're ready, you do like small pull requests and you can do a pull request into master of something that's not finished. And when you do that, uh. you add right, yeah, you you add conditionals around your routes and your config and all all the stuff that you know that you don't want in production. You add conditionals like if environment, you know, or like an env variable or a config item. So you'd say like if config feature dot 
um, I don't know, posts. <laughs> and and then uh, and if, if that's not in the ENV file in production, all that code just won't show up in production. So what if uh, this this seems like wonderful in a theoretical like magical wonderland okay but like what if like i need to rewrite a method that's used a lot of places mm-hmm. in the app for my feature good point yeah uh that's a good question i guess you would you would just you would just you would just that change the way it means method? right because or you would change the way it works Right, uh-huh. and you would you can't break the app. Like even if you have your own feature branch, you you can't just break the app. So you would write you you would make it pass, right? Like you would make it so that uh, if you change the behavior, you make all the tests pass, and mm-hmm. then you pull request it into production. And I think that's that's a good example of the power of this kind of thing, is that like when you're making a feature, you're changing other parts of the app, not just your feature, right? And I'm, I'm sure we can brainstorm a way that this totally blows everything up. But I think the value of it is that if you need, like, let's say that that you have this uh, two features and the, there's an existing one and one you're working on. And once that and that one that you're working on is feature flagged out. Right. And they both depend sure. on a method to respond a certain way um, or the first one depends on it to respond a certain way. And you need to change that method for your use case. Right. So you change the right. method, you change the existing code of the other feature so that all your tests pass, like the whole app, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you push it into production, and now now you've already, like, you're already testing some code that you're writing. You know, it's already, like, out in the wild, and I don't know, something about that, it sort of, like, seems to break up that that building pressure of, like, I'm about to release something I ha- I've been working on for a week, you know, like, into production. Everything's probably going to blow up, or... You know that feeling that you have of like, yeah. The longer you're out of production, the more nervous you are about pull requesting into production, right? Sure. So I, I think it alleviates this. When I first heard of it, I was, I, it was first like, whoa, I've never heard of this. This is really weird. It seems scary to me, but I think the benefits are pretty huge, and they're kind of doing. Let's talk about architecture impl- or architecture implications. Okay. Does this make you want to? separate things out by features more than by like domain hmm. what, what related you, things like what do you mean by domain uh so for example like say i don't know i'm trying to think of a good example but like say there was like a natural breakdown of the way you would organize everything if you were building it all in one big lump sum right yep like okay if i was building this all like in a weekend I would organize this app like this, but because I need to have these like weird conditional wrapped features, I'm going to like separate this out into a different file than I would otherwise. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I could see. Does that make sense to you? Are you doing, do you see yourself doing that? Can you frame it uh, like with a, with an example or something? It's okay if you can't. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet, okay. but I'm sure I'll find one right. before we're done. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I feel like that that could be a strength of this approach. Um, but I, I know what you're saying. Like, it forces you into a new approach to architecture, something that's maybe more siloed than you'd need it to be. Is that right? Yeah, more siloed than you need it to be, or maybe not as... Like, I could see a situation where you're sacrificing, like, readability for uh, isolatability. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I have such a small little experience with it and so far 
the only feature toggles I need are like navbar items and route definitions. Um, really? But yeah, like a, huh. a, a good example maybe of what you're saying is what about like for route? De- oh, and service provider stuff. Um, but what about like for route definitions? Um, it may, this might push me into like a oh I should create a separate routes file for this feature so that I can you know maybe like if I implement some feature pack I think there are feature toggle packages for Laravel so I can like mm-hmm. automatically toggle on and off a feature file instead of having some nasty conditional in in my big routes file you know mm-hmm. um, maybe that maybe that's an example of of how this this sort of idea can push you into separating things out a little more. Um, Oh, what about yeah. like if you have something in the view, like if you need to change the root layout, the layout, like the base layout um, to maybe right. add like a script tag like you. But yeah, that's the thing. You just it's kind of like up to you to know what can be added or not. And then it's up to you to feature flag like conditional everything, you know, so that I, yeah. I can see that as a weakness that that you could probably easily leak stuff that you don't know, you know. But All right, so here's here's a weird one. Uh, here's a change that I've made in production recently. Uh, I changed a column type, hmm. right? Okay. So I changed a column type from text to JSON. Okay. Um, and that changed lookups all through the app, right? Like the way I was doing lookups for nested data. Basically, I was like storing JSON in a text column. Okay. And right. I replaced that with a JSON column. Right. Yep. And the way you would look up based on data in JSON in a text column is different than the way you would look up based on data in JSON in a JSON column. By look up, you so mean I'll, like something with yeah, an so eloquent like, model? Yeah, so like I need like, like, well, this was for notifications, right? And so we had notifications for lots of different types of things. Right. Um, and so random assorted data that was stored on a notification just got thrown into this JSON table. Right. Um, and so say I needed like uh, comment reply notifications where author of reply is two. Right. Okay. Then yeah. I would like I would be querying that that data column oh, gotcha. to like look up the author of the reply. Right. So the way I was doing that with uh, with text was one way and the way you do it with JSON is way easier. Hmm. Um. But that meant that everywhere I was like looking up notifications anywhere in the app, I had to like go through and change some stuff. Right. Yep. Um, so my question is, do you make conditionals that say if this feature, then look it up this way, otherwise look it up this other way, and then once you merge the feature, go through and remove the original ways? I, I see what you're getting at. I think in that instance, I would say don't do the don't do the feature flag just just use the json way you know like just change the way it's across the across the app to use json right like gotcha does that make sense so like you're it does make sense but it's what an if example you don't finish of like, it by the end of the day when you're supposed to pull requests? right okay so then yeah i guess you would you would push it another day like you still don't want to push code that breaks you know like i think okay, yeah see that's the place where it got weird for me it was like if i'm pushing every day like now all of a sudden it's like Either I need to like do some really, really crazy like code duplication to make sure that like my broken code never gets run. Right. Or I can not have broken code at the end of the day ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I struggle with the, the with the continuous deployment integration pull requesting thing. I tend to like my nature is to just just like 
go inside of my own little world and just go hard for a week or something and then pull my head out and then deal with all the conflicts and get it in and test it and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm definitely like a hoarder of pull requests. Yeah, and for like, sure. That, I wonder if that's my just, better nature. I wonder if that's like, our personality type or if that's just like the... I think it is. Yeah. I think it is our personality type because we like to be proud of little cute little stuff that we did with our code. Okay. Um, I think that's what it is, but... Well, I don't know. Like, anyway. I, I, apart, do you feel... I feel like I'm being more professional when I like do smaller commits and I pull requests more often and yeah but what that translates to me is like spending more time it's probably good for overall organization but I don't know there's some like magic of just living in your own world and pretending nothing else exists it depends on it depends on how your team is structured too that's like I've been working almost exclusively with Samantha for almost a year right and like so we have like a very good vibe of like yeah that's like that's, she takes this feature I take this feature we know when they're going to overlap and when they're not like if they're going to overlap then we'll pull requests you know like yep once you've got like a, a good working relationship with the other people who are touching your code then like it kind of sorts itself out yeah but in general more pull requests is better but like spending your whole life you know merging in master is not good <laughs> yep y- yeah yeah I don't know I I've like the way I've been working is pretty much solo for like the past six months, but it's basically been like, you know, sent pe- like here's a feature and then I get sent off into the woods or like to a high mountaintop to develop the feature. <laughs> it is funny just because your, your Slack avatar is like you in a parka with snow on your shoulders. <laughs> so I'm just picturing like you coming down <laughs> the mountain with a laptop. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's, like that's... I need Wi-Fi so I can deploy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, my, my, the ideal of like, of development for me, I think is like a, a world where I don't need internet and I can just go up on a mountaintop with uh, some batteries. You get into biz dev. I hear they fly a lot. Oh yeah. Biz dev. Do it on planes. Biz dev. Uh, you could pull a freak and write a package on a plane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That guy. Uh, the mile high club. That guy flies. Laravel, he flies the package mile high club. <laughs> oh my God. The package is Mile High Club. That's amazing. Oh, that's so good. That is good. I've only I wrote uh, I wrote a package at a beach once, but never oh, never nice. on a plane. Yeah, I've I've done some development on a plane. I, I did this crazy thing on a plane. I was my uh, brother in law's a college football coach, and he's explaining to me like his process, this app that they use to to like analyze um, like game by game statistics, like this game. You know, like they, he basically puts the entire game into a spreadsheet. Like this is how many yards, this is how many downs. These are the times that the downs happen. This is when this pass, like there was a like a completion. I, I don't even know football that well, but um, basically shows me this app. He's like, what can he's like, what can you do with programming? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you can do anything. And uh, and so we started brainstorming, and I started like, whoa, this is like machine learning, and we can analyze all this stuff. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I was on the plane, and I Neural tried to nets. basically like implement like kind of like machine learning in php and it, it was nuts but uh that Whoa. doesn't count you, as you know they have level. like libraries for that that you could just yeah they in. do turns out it's uh it's kind of crazy to um to do stuff like that yeah yeah so, so <laughs> yeah no that. i've had those weird flights of fancy on planes though yeah there's planes? something about being on a plane where you just you can code freely yeah and, yeah yeah it's just like whatever i make here like it's like what happens in Vegas stays in exactly. Vegas. Like what happens at thirty thousand feet stays at thirty thousand feet. Yeah, I'm not a professional programmer when I'm in the air. No, no. definitely not. Definitely not. Nope. Uh, nope. No. Yeah. Sweet. No. Sweet. Yeah. So, what do you think it's of the feature episode. toggle thing? 
I'm pretty pumped about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's interesting. I would like to use it on a project that didn't matter. Yeah. Um, to try it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe, ooh, you know what? You're working on a package, aren't you? Yep. yep. You should use it on your package. Yeah, I could. I totally could. I guess in, in package land, that might translate to me just leaving something out of the service provider. Yeah, yeah it, could, it could translate to a lot of things. Right. Feature flagging the service provider. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so I think it's cool. It, it definitely, it, I feel like it's one of those things that's going to change the way I do things because I, I, I think my the summary for me is like, this is a way I, I really should be be behaving. Like, I think this is a habit I want to get into, this like, you know, pushing to production early and often. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. I think it's good for me. I'm kind of pumped about it. It's new. It's a new yeah. idea. This is like, it's, it's not something and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not something that I've come across in the Laravel ecosystem. It may exist, and I'm just ignorant of it or had my ears plugged. But like, it's the kind of thing when I see these things, I'm like, oh man, like there's other stuff out there, you know, besides the stuff that Adam and Jeffrey teach me, you know. Yeah. Um, no, totally. And uh, yeah, it's so, crazy. And of course, Martin Fowler guys, has like a whole post on it. So I met some guys uh, here in Asheville. I actually met them on the plane back from Laracon, but I went and had lunch with them, and they're doing all kinds of stuff that is like sort of outside the the norm like they're Mm. doing laravel apps and uh but they're doing a lot with react which is nice because you don't see a lot of a lot of react in in laravel land and they're also doing some stuff with graphql and apollo and anyway it was it was refreshing to talk to some laravel developers who weren't just like you guys use Vue? yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah 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 i do yeah so anyway that was pretty cool about it yeah yeah that's great. Cool. Cool. Good yeah. Good times. Was, yeah. Um, nice to nice to hear you. Yeah. It was uh, good. Good. Uh, good hearing you too. Yeah, it's just yeah. uh, good. Good encountering you on the internet. Yeah. 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 All right. Well. Carry, carry well. on with your day. Yeah. It's back to XML land for this guy. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm uh, I'm in the view. All about the view. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Well. Oh. Wow. No, conversation for another time but i'm working uh like full-on microservices yeah oh yeah that is a conversation for another it's time it's pretty crazy so lots hey, when of are we do that feelings episode what's that yeah we never did the feelings still should though. i got so many so many things yeah your your horizons are expanding it's, it's so many thoughts i, I want to talk about micro decisions sometime i think this is going to be my decisions. next thing like i think this is going to be I was thinking, like, what what would I do a talk on if I did a talk? And the last one was naming. And, like, you know, I, and so, anyway, spoiler. Would you say that naming is a micro decision? Naming is a naming is a macro decision. Okay. <laughs> no, but naming is de- definitely, cause, yeah, what I mean when I mean micro decision. Like, so I, I just, I was doing this thing um, the other day. Like, I, I literally, I added a bootstrap modal to, a, like, a site. And it literally, it mm-hmm. just showed information. That was it. No buttons. And... I just like stepped back and realized like I was so tired when I was finished with it. I realized like why I was so tired because I made like probably like 40 really tough decisions. Maybe not tough, but but tiny, tiny decisions that just add up. And uh, so I logged the whole thing and I wrote it down and I started categorizing the decisions. So anyway, spoiler, I think my next thing like like thing that I like idea that I develop the is, thing you're going to rep is uh, yeah. Right, micro decisions. You're gonna go out there and rep micro decisions. I'm gonna rep micro decisions and why, like it's it is like the sole determinant of if you're like a productive developer or not. 
how you Word. how you go about this stuff. So, anyway. well, I think I think we can have a symbiotic relationship. I will rep resources as I have been, and you can rep micro decisions, including the micro decision to use resources always. Right. Yeah. See that that is the micro decision killer when you just make a macro decision. Okay. Well, you just make the micro decision every time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, if it's, if it feels good to you to like make the decision every time you create a new class, like you can do that, but always you're going to want it to be a resource. So Mm. you've, you've convinced me. I mean, you're convinced. Full in. (laughs) Converted. Converted. All right. Well, all right. See you later. See you world. Shout out to Jared White for providing this music.